Hello and welcome to the Udcast Series 3. I'm Andy and on my left is the lovely, wonderful Laura. Hello. Uh, Kind of opposite me but still to my left is the fantastic stripy top wearing Chris Alpha. Hello. And then right opposite me is Sigma and he's wearing a t-shirt that says... The art of conversation is like kind of dead and stuff. Yes, it is very funny. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Wow, okay, so we're back. This is it. They didn't think it was going to happen, but then it did. And it was slightly underwhelming. It's the Oodcast Season 3. <laughs> Hooray! And we've been all off doing lots of adventures and stuff over the summer. And now we're going to talk about them. So any, anything interesting happened to anyone? Well, I went to Edinburgh to the festival for the first time and I saw Christopher's brilliant show, Andrew and the Slides of Chaos. I did some flyering for it. Everybody took my flyers. Lots of people came. Nobody tried to hit me, but a lady did take her clothes off whilst standing almost on my lap. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Not during flyering. That was during That would have been weird. Yeah, it was still quite weird to have... A singer in a show you went to see come and stand on me and take over her the off. first few lines of the audience. Stand over Laura and take her clothes off. Hmm. That's the singer's clothes, not Laura's clothes. Ah. Yes. Uh, what was the What was the show called? I'll make a careful note. <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> Sounds very strange. Was Was the name of the show? It's not a kind of drug. It's a very crazy vaudeville type singer. Yes, is, she is was it, awesome. Is it the sequel to Cats? No. <laughs> It does have a slight Elaine Page feel to it. Imagine Elaine Page on drugs, nude. Mm. Yes, that's how that, it was. I, I can can that we would stick in the memory? Yeah, can we move on swiftly before it does stick in the memory? Okay, yeah. I'm going to bring it back to Doctor Who because <laughs> at the Edinburgh Festival was something called. Uh, was it called the Edinburgh TV Festival? Yeah, I'm the not Edinburgh sure exactly. Television Festival. Yeah, and uh, I snuck in. <laughs> I snuck in during the keynote speech by Mr. Stephen Moffat. I Who's found that? Aha. I found someone who had one of the little badges, the little things you wear wear around your neck to get in, and I bashed him over the head and put him in the dumpster. <gasps> and you put his clothes on? Put his skin on. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked like the photo and uh, and got in and listened to him and was there for all the very exciting announcements. And I believe I got we we put it all out on uh, Twitter. So we were, I think we were one of the first to break the fact that the show yeah. was going to be in two parts. Yeah, I was getting texts from Chris all morning uh, whilst he was sat there going, I'm sitting here watching mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat and Karen Gillan. And I was like, yes, yes, very nice. Yeah. Then he texted me saying, series, next series is going to be in two parts. And I was like, <gasps> and this just carried on all morning. Whilst you know, I was cleaning you know, I got, I got so fed texting me uh, with exciting uh, news. I got so fed up with getting all the name dropping texts that when he sent me one the week later that said, I've just seen Mark Gatiss, I turned my phone off in disgust. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> and right, I've had enough of this. I oh. don't care who you've seen. <laughs> I saw Philip Schofield in the street last year. Ooh. So Chris, <laughs> which writer, which Doctor Who writer have you been stalking this week? 
Paul Cornell. No. No, I haven't. Um, but I just thinking, one of the things about seeing Stephen Moffat is he was sitting next to Karen Gillan, and I just keep talking about him. And mm. she is incredibly attractive, but he is such an amazing He's a stage wit, presence. He? And he was just so brilliant that I focused entirely on him. And he's kind mm. of a squat, sort of wiry-haired, plump gentleman. You, you and would... she's like a flame-haired goddess. Sweetheart, yet you I do I remember that you focused. gave him the address of this blog, so he might be listening to you calling him a squat, plump, in, in, in which hairy, case, plumbed Mr. Gentleman. Moffat, he is just very jealous of your hair. Go on. Come on, ca- carry on, Sigmund. Well, yes, so uh, I listened to the uh, lecture, got very excited, saw the trailer for the Christmas special, so I've seen that, which is really cool. Talk us through it, talk us through it. Well, it's just some old man. It's just Michael Gambon going, I'm Scrooge-like, and then the Doctor being, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. And then the tagline is, time can be changed, and then Christmas fades in, so it becomes mm. Christmas time can be changed. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't give anything away, really, apart from maybe Christmas time gets rewritten or something. Well, it's based on a I'm Christmas really carol. surprised that you managed to draw that conclusion from that strapline. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just thought it through. So, uh, so anyway, so we listened to the lecture, went outside, replaced the skin on the person yep. who was oh, meant I'm to glad be. that was okay. Yeah, that was fine. No, um, no ill effects, he just went back to his job. Well, the dumpster burped. I don't know what that was oh. all about, but mm. ooh, who remembers Rose mm. in the dark days? Ah. Um, so uh, we went to have a cup of coffee. My friend, who was at the festival, who lent me his his ID, and when I came out of the little cafe, <laughs> spoiled it now. Opposite, um, Stephen Moffat just and his wife walked out of the centre, just an empty Scottish street, with me on one side of the road. And Stephen Moffat on the other, and us both walking in parallel. And then he got to the pedestrian crossing. <laughs> he stopped to go across. I stopped to pretend to tie my shoelace. <laughs> and when he came across, I, I got up and I said, Sir, I would hate myself if I didn't take this opportunity to shake your hand. And he did shake my hand. And then I said, You were amazing because I, his speech was amazing. And then I told him about the Ood casting, gave him the address for it. And Did you said, write it down? No, no, I just said it's theoodcast.co.uk. We need cards printed for yeah. these kind of occasions. We do, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then, and his wife, I'm afraid I don't remember her name. Beryl, no, Suva. Su- she was really nice. She checked it. She was like, so it's the Ood cast. And I was like, yes. And, uh, and then he said, oh, are you always complimentary? Because obviously he would have assumed that we are we were just ripping everything to pieces. And I said, actually, we are really complimentary and we do songs and things. And I told him about what Laura does with her, with her songs, uh, especially I think I mentioned uh, the Let's Get It On song because I thought <laughs> that would be nice. And he, you know, I didn't want to speak to him for long because I didn't want it to be a negative experience for him. I just wanted to just say that, you know, he was one of my heroes and he was really nice, actually. Uh, very smiley and and chatted to me, and then you know went away. I, it was just a you. Sh- they say you shouldn't meet your heroes, but he was really charming and really nice, and he was brilliant. And I was on cloud nine for the rest of the day. Aww. And I hear myself saying this, and and, and I f- do sound like a fanboy, but really he he I do admire his work so much, mm. and just the fact that he did stop to talk to me was really nice mm. and um 
Yeah, it was. It that's really awesome. made it's my Edinburgh. So that's great. Yay. I've got some more news, actually. Do you think we should put a spoiler warning before this, just in case people okay, don't want to know anything? That will probably sound better when I put some effects on. Yeah, I expect so. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, I have a secret link to the Doctor Who production team. Is it like a portal? Sort of magic door. No, I mean magic I, shoes. I, yes, I, I just know somebody who works on it. Oh, Sorry, but let's not say anything more than that. But we won't say anything more than that in case they get into a bit of a pickle. Because we're about <laughs> because we're about to reveal some interesting things about the Christmas episode that we will see. In the Christmas episode, we will see. The inside of the TARDIS, complete with swimming pool, library, and extended tours of the rooms. <gasps> Ooh. What? Now, I would say 75 to 90% of our listening audience think that this is just another rumour and there's no way that it's true or it's just we've heard it on the internet or something. I will bet you good money that this is right. You can come back to this episode after Christmas and if it's not right... I'll buy you all drinks. All of you, every single one of you I, listening, I, think we I will should, buy you drinks at Gallifrey. Hang on a second. We We're should add another disclaimer. House. We should add another disclaimer. This is Chris Sigma, <laughs> Sigma saying that. Not <laughs> the Ucar says there will be the swimming pool in the library in the Christmas special. And Chris Sigma says he'll buy all of our listeners' drinks if we're wrong. <laughs> From the Ucast who predicted the Fez... Yes. The way the Doctor escaped from the Pandorica. Mm-hmm. We know what we're talking about, people. Do you know what I like <laughs> about the name Sigma? There used to be a kind of chocolate bar that was called a Sigma and it had some really interesting crunchy bits in it. Oh, it was so nice. That's why I like my friend Toby Twix so much. <laughs> and Martin Mars. Um, my, my summer was spent um, manfully updating... The Ucast blog and uh, looking after the littlest doctor who has now gone to school. He's been at school for nearly a month. Has he reversed the polarity of anything yet? <laughs> uh, not just yet, but he has sort of run rings around a lot of people already. Have you had a good day at school, littlest doctor? Yes, I reversed the polarity of the Wendy house. <laughs> it's now bigger on the inside. <laughs> he has learned to uh, lock the doors from the outside so he can't get in and turn the lights off from the outside of the room. Wow, that is cool. He's learning. It's only a matter of time before he reverses the polarity. Are you or sure opens he the doesn't... door with a... Mm. <clears throat> Are you sure he doesn't have some sort of electrical force field that you don't know about? He could, well, that might explain why we can't get the scissors anywhere near his hair to cut, the, cut his hair. Yeah. Ooh, or your kidney failure. <clears throat> oh, no, wait, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Not on air, come on. <laughs> and you, Andrew? Me, I also went to Edinburgh the week after the festival. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> yes, and I saw an amazing film, which I urge you to see at once. It was called The Illusionist, and it came out yeah. fairly recently, and it's animation. And it's not the Edward Norton one? No, no it's not. It's about a, um, a, a, a fella who is a conjurer, and it's set in the 1950s, and you have to see it because it's purely animated 
But it's so realistic and evocative that I expected to see a cast list come up at the end. But they were all drawings. You realise people have to do the voices, so there should be a cast list. Ah, but you see, the thing is, right, there's only about ten words spoken in the whole film. And that is because it's by Sylvain Chomet. Is that did, right? Who did Belleville Rendezvous. Oh, I that's love right. that film. That's right. I was trying to remember his name. And yes. Honey, do a bit of Bel- Belleville Rendezvous. Swinging Belleville Rendezvous. Do, 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 do. Marathon dancing. Do, 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 do. Oh. Can't can't Belleville. Do you want me to do that sign? Yes. Swinging Belleville Rendezvous. <laughs> Laura has not lost any of her magic. She's got a cold at the moment. That's why she's husky. Husky. <laughs> so just to give everyone a little bit of, I don't know, background location of where we are at the moment, we are sitting in the hollowed out carcass <laughs> of our home, basically, because we just moved house it's today. It's mid for generation, a mm. bit like the TARDIS. So Only where we were able to get back in. So it's just bare walls, no furniture, and we're just huddling behind our last open fire <laughs> in, a, in a sort of empty room with all of the Oudcast stuff set up. So this is the last time that we will record in our old location where it all started. Yes. We're actually leaving tonight. In the little flat where we got engaged. It's very sad. Well, I actually asked you to marry me. That's right. Oh, Anyway, moving on. I had a nice lasagna here once. That's true. So you did. <laughs> it's good memories for everyone. <laughs> Engagements, Italian food. Wow. I once played a really good computer game here once. What was it called? So good you can't remember what it was called. What happened in it, Andrew? It, it was the one that was really hard. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of a had Braid? To, it might have been Braid. Just anything about the actual Okay, game. so um, it had uh, stages. Oh, no, I'm not... You'll have okay, to cut some of this. So, wait a minute. Just so, just so far, it's a computer game. It was good, <clears throat> hard, <clears throat> and it had stages. Mm. And there was, like, I think there were castles and... Narrows it down. <laughs> and then there was, um, like, um, sort of life. Advice uh, would come up at the end of each Narrows stage. it down. And that would probably be braid that you're thinking I about. I think it was either that or Slipping. Time and things like that. <laughs> it, it wasn't World War Three. <laughs> okay. Did it look like it had been painted? <coughs> yeah. It was braid. Yeah. yeah it was braid, braid is a wonderful game if anyone hasn't played it. It has time travel in it. And lots of people find it really, really hard to complete, but I found I it really did. easy to complete. And I reckon it's because I watch Doctor Who and, and just sort of time travel and the cause and effects and the way that that can be switched around mm. was just a lot easier for me. It was sort of part of my everyday Life. narrative <laughs> vocabulary. What happens if Doctor Who now has a green sparkly thing in it? <gasps> green sparkly things don't travel through time. The absorber loft. Oh, he wasn't sparkly. He was just things change, and and we change. This is season three, so what's going to be different? Well, we have a different theme tune that's going to last all of one week before someone shouts at us for not bringing back the original. But I like it. Yeah, and we've got new features as well. But we've also got old features. It's the Ugar's news.
Smartcast News. Stephen Moffat ruins Christmas special by repeatedly giving away that it will be about Christmas. Podcaster fails to write good headline because he's moving house. The BBC's winter drama showreel has revealed that not one, not two, but three incarnations of the Doctor will be in the next series of Doctor Who. Clips showed the 9th, 10th and 11th Doctors from the forthcoming 2011 stories Accused, Single Father, Christopher and His Kind and the as-yet-unnamed Christmas special. What? Sorry? Oh, apparently those guys are actors? Podcaster hasn't been able to think of something in the last 15 seconds. Rumours about Neil Gaiman's Series 6 story being set in a giant doll's house look to contain some truth after life-size Sylvanian family characters were seen on set. The Doctor is getting a newly designed costume for the 2011 series, and from the pictures we've seen, courtesy of our inside sources, he's going to look a lot more space-age than ever before. He'll be in cream, purple and green, have a laser on his right arm, communicator on his left. He'll also be abandoning the catchphrase Geronimo for something along the lines of to infinity and... OK, this is a picture of Buzz Lightyear, isn't it? Sarah Jane Adventures, everyone. Do you think we should review them? I think we should. Well, all of them, or just the one with the Doctor in it? Just the one with the Doctor in it. Well, I'd like to watch all of them, because I'm I'm a little bit worried about Joe coming back. I'm going to watch them all. I'm just saying, I I think we should pretend they're not happening until the Doctor one. I think that's fair enough. I just, there's a certain kind of earnest child acting that just... <laughs> ah, they're getting better though. No, they are getting better. They're also getting, getting older. Well, yeah, that's why they're getting better. <laughs> I think I quite enjoy them now. I think there's been some brilliant ones. Mm. They are high quality. In fact, I wouldn't be abashed at the idea of reviewing more than just Death of the Doctor. Maybe we could have sort of Andrew's kiddie time. <laughs> why not? Let's but not have that. If, guys. We're, if we're going to do that, we need to rename it something less creepy. Yeah. Okay. Uncle Andrew's (laughs) special time? (laughs) No. Um. Andrew has kiddie fun by himself. (laughs) Okay. Oh, it's good to be back. Um, Chris has, uh, yes, has developed a game for us to play. Do you want to talk about this, Chris? I did. Well, it's quite simple. It's called Call My Bluth. (laughs) Bluth? I think we could That's maybe insert a bit of the Call My Bluff theme tune. The idea of the game is that I have looked on the internet in the last week, as I normally do, um, obviously just to relieve the excitement of my incredibly exciting job. And I have been reading rumours about Doctor Who. And Andy, Chris and I will all read... One rumour, and Laura has to guess which one of the three we read is true. Oh, one when, of them is, when you say true, you mean that it's actually a rumour? Yeah, that it's actually there. a real rumour that I have read in the last week. The other two I've just made up. Oh, blimey. Off you go, guys. So, ready? I'll go first. Um, rumour one. The Doctor will regenerate at the end of the 2011 season, with James Corden taking over with, from Matt Smith in the role. Rumour two. The 2011's Christmas special will feature a fight between King Henry VIII and Jaws in space. 
the result of which would explain why so many of his wives were beheaded. <laughs> and rumour three, the first cliffhanger of next series will see the mysterious silence revealed as an angry Rassilon fighting his way back into existence. <gasps> so which one of those three do you think is the real rumour? I kind of want it to be your one, Chris Alpha. None of them have to be true, you understand. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But the only thing that I don't think it might... Basically, is... you've got to think, which two did Chris write? I I think he wrote James Corden, the crazy Jaws shark thing. So you think the and actual rumour... And I also rumor... think that Timothy Dalton does enough scenery chewing to make the voice of the silencey silence will fall relatively plausible. So I'm going to go for Rassilon. It, it is at this point that I realise the folly of not telling the person who has the correct one hmm. that they have the correct one. Um, it's not me. Ooh. No. It's me then. It's not you. Even no. though you did change the... <laughs> how does changing the word shark to jaws make a difference, Andy? <laughs> no, the, the one well, that I read on the internet this week was that James Corden would be taking over as Doctor Who at the end of this season. They are having It's been flatly life. denied. But that is the rumour that I read. That is balls. He's not leaving at the end of this season. I think he'll definitely do three seasons. And when I say three seasons, I don't mean half seasons. In fact, let's no. quickly go into this. Is anyone at all upset that we're having them in two different no, seasons? No, 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 because no, Doctor no. Who should be on in the autumn. I'm yeah. adamant about that. Yeah. Doctor Who is dark an at autumn night, play. Uh, dark at night. So dark, dark at the time that you're watching it is scary and cool. And I really don't mind when I get them. In fact, I get really sad when it's 13's over and I have to wait another year. Mm. I must admit that I do like that really long run of 13. That is 13 episodes. But you can still do I'm that. Miss you can that. still watch that. Mm. Yeah, plus, mm. do you not remember this year? We were exhausted by the 13th episode. Yeah, writing all those <laughs> sketches every, every week. We only have to do that sort of six or seven at a time now. I think it's brilliant. Yay! I think it's really exciting. And I think it's great that Doctor Who will be on, like, you know, all year round. Mm. I think the point that Stephen Moffat makes is absolutely right. There's twice as many chances for um, first episodes, twice as many season finales, twice as many cliffhangers. The writing won't be quite as rushed. You won't, you know, I think it's Mm. just, it's going to go from strength to strength. Question is, though, are they going to record it all in one, you know, like they normally do? No. In nine months, or are they doing it in two separate... Two sets. Well, the recording block they started now is just for, for, I think it's for episodes two and three. The Neil Gaiman episode. I am so excited. I follow him on his blog and he keeps writing about it. He's being really hands on with it because he loves the show so much. He's using every opportunity to go to set and do things. And Stephen Moffat has asked him to write a production note for an upcoming Doctor Who Monthly. That would be great. (laughs) Who'd have thought Neil Gaiman writing for Doctor Who Mag? Who'd have thought Michael Moorcock would write a Doctor Who book? If Aaron Sorkin and Joss Whedon write a Doctor Who, that will, <laughs> that will then be everyone that I've wanted. You can retire. Well, except for me, I guess I'd like to write one. Mm. Can I, can, yeah. Steve, if you're listening after our little chat, if you remembered, um, can, can we write one? We, we do sketches and stuff. Some of them are quite good. Please? Please. Also, if... if um, oh, what's the name of the... If if Joss Whedon did write one, he could do it with all the cast from Firefly and have like a <gasps> a big merge, and that would be amazing. The Doctor 
You uh, could do a musical one. Yay. There was going to be one, wasn't there, with the Doctor on... Uh, Russell T. Davis wanted to do one where the Doctor landed on the Enterprise mm. and sort of pierced all that Starfleet pomposity with his rambling ways. But I think on on Serenity, he would he would fit in. Yeah, really quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, think he could replace Book. Oh, no. Well, he could fly the plane now. The issue oh. is, I, I, I think potentially that Jane would just keep smacking him in the face. <laughs> I don't think that Jane would get the better of the Doctor. He would smack him in the face, though. <laughs> Only once. <laughs> he wouldn't All be able to do it again. it takes is once when you've got that larger target. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's got a big face. <coughs> so the third... Adventure game is set entirely in the TARDIS. I haven't played it yet. That sounds really cool. No, I haven't played it either. My PC doesn't have the power to blimmin' load it. Oh, get a better PC. <laughs> <laughs> That's reminded me, actually, uh, the place that Laura and I are moving to looks really like Sarah Jane's house in Bannerman Road. It does look like Sarah Jane's Big house. Big old Victorian pile on, on a the corner. corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big sort of uh, rises up three floors. There's a supercomputer in the attic. Mm. It is my iMac, but... Even so, <laughs> it's brilliant. You have a metal dog floating in a wall. <laughs> Is he in a safe? Oh, in a wall. Yeah, okay. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he was stabilising yeah, a black hole. It's not like a cash he? machine. You put in your PIN number and a bit of a metal dog comes out. <laughs> that's something quite funny I saw the other day. I saw a condom machine in a toilet and there was some, there was some graffiti on it and it said, for refund, insert baby here. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's quite amusing. <coughs> Good stuff. Well, I think that is about us for the first one. That is about mm. us and also about Doctor Who. Uh, we, we just figured that it would be nice to hear our voices again. Uh, so we haven't really prepared much. Hope that's all right. Uh, there'll be more in two weeks. Yeah, because we're, we're doing this every two weeks now. Hope everyone's okay with that. It's nice, well, it's, though. It's, kind of it's lovely to, to be not. back. I'm it is. really excited. It is. It's yes, very, very indeed. nice to be Hello, back. Hello, everyone. And thanks very much to everyone who's followed us in our off-season and put lovely comments and encouragement. And were so. Yeah. it was really, really nice when we said we we're coming back to get so many messages of encouragement. Mm. Uh, it really made us feel special. And Brilliant. thank you so much for that. And thank you for everyone who's been... Um, uh, joining the Facebook group because that's crapped up now over well over 200 it's more it than 220 now we haven't had a review on iTunes for a while so if anyone feels like doing that that would be super turbo cool but wait until we've done some good stuff again because you know we are going to knock it out of the ballpark this season and didn't someone say on our Twitter feed that we're on the front the first page of results if you put in Doctor Who into the Australian version of iTunes. That is right, we are, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> and we're going to be in the Troclophane podcast. If, if anyone hasn't heard it, I really, really love it. Uh, it's a podcast just entirely about uh, troc music, so Time Lord Rock and uh, also Filk. So just loads of made-up songs about Doctor Who and uh, Sarah, Sarah, her name is, she plays them all. And I there's two episodes so far. And there's some real gems of Doctor Who songs in there. And she's going to play some of Laura's songs in the third one. Hooray! Because what she wants to do is do one song for each episode of season five. And so she's just basically using a load of hours. Hey, what the filk is filk? Hmm. I've looked it up on Wikipedia and it has loads of different definitions. But it seems to be something that started off at 
conventions where sci-fi fans would sit around and sing songs based on their favourite sci-fi shows. And they do tend to be ones that are parodies of actual songs. Well, that's how she uses it. So the stuff that we do, where it's not original music, that tends to be folk. Um, So So something a bit more general than just Doctor Who. Yeah. Like Weird Al's version of American Pie. All Troc is Filk, but not all Filk is Troc. Does that mean Laura's a Filk singer? She's a a Troc goddess. Yeah. Yay! So check that one out. The Troclophane, good name, I think, podcast. And uh, yeah, really good show. And we're going to be in the third one. Yeah. Talking of which, here's a new song for you. minute I turned on the screen I could see this was a show of distinction a big two-parter well written so refined it's just like watching Firefly and the West Wing combined so let me get right to the point I won't flip the switch and head for ITV It's never humdrum, drum, drum And just one or two laughs, laughs Oh, there's always some pathos In the vortex of chaos The minute I turned on the screen I could tell that we were in for a scorcher An Emmy winner Great script, bad bow tie and please will you lay off the rubbish CGI So let me get right to the point It's the very best thing on the BBC Hey the Doctor Hey the Doctor Hey the Doctor Spend a little time with A while ago, Graham from the Professor House Doctor Who parody podcast um, emailed us and told us how much he liked our sketches and uh, that he had a sketch that he thought would be good if we gave the Oodcast treatment to. So um, I've I've worked with him on on the words a bit, and um, we now present, thanks largely to Graham, um, Doctor Who and the Last Ice Warrior. <laughs> Tegan, all I have to do is check up on a little detail for the Chancellor of the Time Lords. 
because for some reason their computer is a little under the impression that uh, the local inhabitants have become extinct. Doctor, you're supposed to be getting me back to Heathrow, remember? I haven't forgotten, but you know, what with one thing leading to another and all and all that. It, it, it's only a quick check, after all. We'll go to Heathrow Airport straight after. Nothing is ever quick with you, Doctor. So... Ah, yes. We are where we're meant to be. Heathrow? Mm, close. How close? Oh, not that far. Y- you know, next planet along, that's all. Doctor! O- okay, okay, we're on Mars, but... That's not all that far off. And think of it as an opportunity to learn, Tegan. Learn about what? Well, these are the last days of the planet. At at least of Mars being able to sustain life, anyway. But you're not going out there, are you? I mean, there can't be anything to breathe out there, can there? One can never be too precise about these things during the last days or months of a planet, hmm? But there should be something breathable out there. We're underground. It's only likely to be dangerous on the surface, I think. So, what are you looking for? Life, Tegan. Life. What? You can't be any more precise than that? Well, life takes many forms, as you well know and have seen. But the information the Chancellor gave me was not exactly precise. How imprecise? All he said was that it was bipedal. What? Oh, surely not. What is it? I know that face and it never means anything good. I hadn't given it much thought until now, but Mars is, or or was, the home planet of the Ice Warriors. You're making that up. Ice Warriors? Oh, they're real enough, Tegan. Mars wasn't always a hot red planet, you know. It was a ball of ice many millions of years ago. But it, it drifted rather closer to the sun than it should have. The Ice Warriors survived because they found the cooler cave systems dug out by their ancestors. When the temperature rose, they moved down here. They tried invading the Earth a couple of times, a desperate kind of measure, and I had no choice but to stop them. But I never thought it had come to this. You don't think? Now, Tegan, that's a little uncalled for. I did put Turlo back down so he could visit the Brigadier, didn't I? Yes. And? You were supposed to be taking me to Heathrow. You could have dropped me off too. Well, actually, not then I couldn't. It was about 20 years after I accidentally picked you up. Or rather, when you forced your way in. I had no choice. Yeah, sorry. I suppose I'd better go looking now, eh? I'd be grateful if you could stay in the TARDIS this time. I don't want you getting lost or captured or hypnotised or anything. Again. Well, if that's the case, I'll go and have a bath. Ah, good idea. So, doors open... I'll be back in a bit, Tegan. And then you'll take me to Heathrow? I promise. (laughs) Heard that before. Hmm. No one at home. At least I can't see anyone or anything. Hold on. What's that? It, It sounds like someone coming to say hello. Well done, old girl. Spot on. Right, now where is this welcoming committee, then? Come on, then. I'm supposed to be going to Heathrow, you know. Ah, hello. Doctor. Yes, hello. You are the one they call the 
Yes, I just said that. You destroyed my people. Oh, come on now, that's a little dramatic. In my defence, you were trying to invade a planet that was not rightfully yours. You have the nerve to say what is and is not rightfully mine. Well... Yes, when it's a planet already inhabited by a largely harmless species, yes. You, who travels in a little blue box. Now hang on there, this is a a little bit more than a blue box. It's a Type 40, you know, top of the range once. You will pay. Oh yes, and how am I going to pay? With your... Blue box. What do you mean? You will travel back and correct your mistakes. You will resurrect my noble ancestors. I don't think so. Understand that. Appearances can be deceptive. You will travel back and correct your mistakes. I should warn you that the TARDIS isn't all that accurate these days. We might not get to the right time. You will try. Move. I thought the doctor would be back by now. Where's he got to? Uh, This way. Tegan! Tegan! Not that I'm not pleased with your intervention, Tegan, but that sonic hairdryer. I told you when I got it on Metabelis Prime that it was only supposed to be used on hair, but at least the databanks are right about the Ice Warriors being extinct now, so thank you. Thank you for what? The greeting that you extended to the Ice Warrior. What? You just dried him out with that thing. Uh, 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 You could have warned me. I tried. But not to worry, I won't tell the Chancellor if you won't, hmm? so I'll, I'll just send them a message to let them know that the Matrix was right about that last Ice Warrior. It was dead for about, ooh, about three hours before we arrived, eh? From dehydration. Not so much as a lie as a smudging of the facts. But, uh, uh... Now, Tegan, please stop stammering and help me just push a little further away from the door. Accidents happen and we need to go and pick up Turlo before I drop you off in 1982. 1980, Doctor. What? Uh, oh, yes, of, of course. Well, let's just aim at 1980 and see how close we get, eh? Hey, 
that's it for this week, isn't it? We'll see you in two weeks' time. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Until next time. Keep watching the skies. What? I thought... Fine.